My name is Annalisa Kinstead, and I'm 19. I graduated from CVU, and I go to Houghton College now. And I'm part of the youth-led service. And I was prompted to answer the question, what can the church do for you, the younger generation? And it didn't really take me long to think of something, and I think it's something that's really important and needs to be said. And I'm going to start with the fact that the world I live in and the world my peers live in is very different from the ones you grew up in when you were the younger generation. And in my day-to-day life, I have to confront a lot of issues. Um, issues of sex and sexuality, climate change, challenge gender roles, um, heightened cultural awareness, um, social media and the internet. And because I live in a different world, I think it requires a different response from the church without altering the scriptural content and the biblical truth that we have. And I want to point out that the youth need you, the older generation, now more than ever, even though you may feel like you're not relevant in our lives and you don't understand what's going on in our lives and the issues that we're facing. But we still need you now. So I'm going to start by talking about fear because I am a creature that is motivated by fear, like most of you, if not all. And... When I grew up in the church, there are certain subjects, like the ones I just mentioned, that there's a stigma around them, and we don't talk about them. And it wasn't necessarily that I was afraid to ask questions about the content of the questions. It was I was afraid of condemnation aimed at my character because of the questions I asked, because good Christians don't ask questions, because our faith is solid. And so I find that Fear leads to silence, and it leads to ignorance, and ignorance doesn't serve the youth, and avoidance only produces more fear of the unknown, and it's just a cycle. And fear shut my mouth, and I think it shut a lot of other mouths as well, maybe not just of my peers, maybe of older people in the congregation who want to ask questions too. But I have read that perfect love drives out fear. And it's not a coincidence that that is the theme of today. Because God commands us not to fear so many times. Because fear is not of him. And it is not productive. And so I want to talk about Jesus' ministry a little bit because I think it links to what I'm saying here. And that Jesus' ministry was radical. And it was uncomfortable a lot of the times for the people who followed him. And it was unpopular. And he died for he died for what he was preaching. And he was countercultural in first century Palestine. And Jesus was asked many questions, and he did not shy away from them. But he answered them in faith and love, and trusting God that he, God would give him the answers he needed. And yet we know that many people still didn't like his answers, and he died for those answers. So, in essence, what we can take from this is that difficult questions should not be feared or ignored, and fear has no place here. Questions should be encouraged and seen as opportunities rather than threats. Because we must remember that Jesus calls us to uncomfortable places because we don't grow when we're stagnant. We grow when we're pushed. And sometimes when we're pushed, it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it can even cause pain. But it is in these areas that we grow as a congregation and individually in our faith, and it is in these areas that Jesus calls us to go to a lot of the times. And so... I have a verse that a lot of you know. 
probably. And it's James 1, 2 through 4. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. So now at the point that I'm in in my life, I am in college and I have a major and I'm a biology major and I'm forced to ask a lot of questions um, about how to reconcile my studies in science to my faith. And I wish, I wish I'd asked these questions when my faith, the transition from I was living my parents' faith to living my own faith. I wish I'd been able to ask these questions. But while I'm at Houghton and while I'm studying biology, I'm reminded of a verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And I'm trying because God gave me a mind that's right now bent on science, and I really like it. And it's so difficult, but in order to honor God and what he gave me, this is what I'm pursuing. And by pursuing this, I can't, I can't be silent. And I, I need to ask these questions. And it's about things that are uncomfortable, things like climate change and creation versus evolution. And so I'm not the only one with questions like these, I don't think. So I challenge you for the older generation of the church to not be afraid of these questions and issues because these are your grandchildren and your children and your nieces and nephews and students and employees that are asking these questions and they're looking for answers or guidance about the reality of their worlds. And I said that sometimes you may not feel relevant to what's happening necessarily in our lives, but you have the experience and years of faith that we don't have. And you have a knowledge of scripture that I think we don't necessarily have at the age that we're at right now. So I encourage you, even if you don't have an answer, because I think it's kind of ridiculous to expect you to know everything, but open and honest dialogue and saying, we're going to walk through this together, I think is more productive than being met with silence and pushing it away and watching this cycle go back and forth and back and forth. And if people can't find their answers here, if the youth can't find their answers here, and they can't find open dialogue that is Christ-centered, then they're going to find their answers somewhere else. And so that's all I have. So I'm going to pass it over to Christiana. Yeah, that's it. Good morning. Um, I'm Christiana. I am also a youth here. I'm a junior in high school. Um, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about sin. So, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Fear of what? For me, this fear has always been of being 100% transparent. 100% transparent about the things I struggle with, the places where I feel weak, and the places where I have questions about why we believe something we do. I have now been in this church for 17 years and five days. In that time, I have made many new friends, and I have lost many old friends. But something that has remained consistent throughout the years is this fear of showing my unpolished self. Last year, I stepped into a new role of being a dance teacher, 
And because of that, I have gained a new appreciation for what parents put up with. Last year, I had this one student who would always ask me why to pretty much everything I said. From there, it spiraled downward into a steady flow of her asking me why and me trying to give the best possible answer that might make her stop asking why. I believe that questions in the church tend to be the same way, except oftentimes we have just stopped asking why because we, don't, because we know we probably will not get the answer we need. When I was asked to speak today, I was asked to answer the question of how can the adults in the church help the youth? My answer to this is to show us, not just tell us that we don't need to be perfect. Because I was raised in the church, I know that no one is perfect. But when you come every Sunday and see people worshiping, you listen to a message, then you go home and head back to your normal lives. You don't see what people really think or what they are going through. I'm afraid to tell people where along the road I have failed and where along the road I have questions because I don't see that other people fail too. I ask that there will be a community that comes together and shows us youth that no matter how many times we fail in this messed up world, that not only the Lord will still love us, but that you all will still love us. Like Anna said, the world we're growing up in today is much different than the world that you all grew up in. We struggle with some of the same things, but also many different things. In my transition from homeschooling to public high school, I learned just how small the community of teenage believers is. And not having peers walk beside you that you know are struggling also has been one of the hardest things for me because I have often failed and questioned if people would still think of me highly if they knew this about me. So I ask that somehow the walls would be broken down and the adults would show us that they fail too, that we don't need to put a veil over our sins. I believe that God has given us church families for many reasons, but one of them being that we can see our fellow believers fail and know that we're not alone in this battle. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of self, rather lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. I admit that at times I have been one of these people. I have been proud and arrogant. I have disobeyed my parents. I have been a lover of myself. And while I know these things are all sins, I need to know that you all are in the same boat. That when I fail and repent, the church will not think of me as a screw-up, but that people will come beside me and tell me a story about a time they did the same thing, but they were able to grow from that mistake and become stronger to stand against, to stand against that sin or temptation through the Lord. In the music video of one of the songs we just sang, the singer says this. He says, why God? That's the question I asked when the doctors told me my dad may not live another day. I remember in that season feeling like such a bad Christian, like I wasn't allowed to ask that question why. But then I became a dad. And my little boy started asking those why daddy questions. And he didn't always understand the answers. But what he did understand was that he could ask me anything. And I wanted every 
single question, especially the hard ones. And it was there that God showed me that he's not afraid of my hard questions either, and that asking why God didn't make me a bad Christian. It made me a kid, and he's my dad. I want to openly ask these hard and crazy questions without fear or condemnation and feel safe and encouraged to do so through the example of other generations in the church. Thank you. My uh, heart is going a little fast, so (laughs) I'm not the best at talking in front of people. Okay, so, okay. Over the last five years, my life has changed a lot. So one of the biggest things is that I went to high school. In schools today, there continues to be an abundance of drugs and alcohol and sex, much the same as they have been through the years. The only difference is that it affects students much younger, and there appears to be no shame in these actions being boldly flaunted in music, movies, and everyday life. All these things a teenager sees in their everyday lives, all things that I don't want to be around, but I'm constantly surrounded by every time I walk in and out of the school. When I was, home, when I was homeschooled, I knew that this, what the school was like, but I didn't realize how great the temptation and push to be normal was. Sometimes I get made fun of for being a Christian, or I feel awkward when one of my girlfriends is talking about the girl that she likes, or how they love the fact that the world is coming to support LGBTQ. It is the hardest thing to sit there and think to myself, how do I talk to my friends that support this? How do I tell them that I don't support this? How do I not lose them when they make the connection that I'm a Christian and Christians don't believe that's right? It has always been one of my biggest fears that I will lose a friend or be called out as a homophobic because I don't believe that's right. The majority of my friends have come to realize that I'm a very easy person to talk to. So they talk to me about a lot of their personal problems. Some have come to me with suicide. Some have come and asked questions about what God really says about being gay. How do I tell them what God says without making them feel like there's no hope and that they're going to hell because of the way that they feel? How do I tell them that I don't agree with their decisions, but it's not my job to judge them, but to love them and show them that God's love is the best feeling and warmth you can ever experience? How do I do that? My friends know that I am a Christian. I'm not afraid to tell them that. But it is so hard to come home from a day of hearing people constantly talk about these things that I don't believe are right and not feel like I'm lost and alone, thinking that I'm the only one going through this. I want to be a normal high schooler. I don't want to be known as that judgmental Christian who doesn't support being gay or that girl that still hasn't had sex yet and is a loser because of it. If I'm going to be known, I want to be known for my love of God and how even through the tough and tempting times that I'm that girl that stuck to what she believes. But I don't know how. So, how do I do that? And because of the small amount of solid Christians my age in this area, I feel like I'm the only one. I need advice on how to not give in to the temptation of drugs and alcohol and sex. I need encouragement to keep going, to know that it's okay to not be perfect and that everyone struggles. And that it doesn't matter that I fell, but that I got back up and kept going, even though I was having a hard time. I need to know that I'm not the only one making mistakes and that there's nothing wrong with asking hard questions because I cannot do it alone. I need God 
But I also need strong Christians that I trust to come back to at the end of a very long week of trying not to give into temptation. I need to know that it's okay to ask the hard questions and that I won't be judged for telling someone that I almost gave into something not right. I need someone to tell me what God says about the thing that I almost gave into and how to overcome the temptation next time. I need to know that I'm loved and that even though I'm not perfect, God still and will always love me no matter how lost I am. I need to know that I don't need to wear a mask of being a perfect Christian high schooler when I come in the doors of the church. I need to know that it's okay to mess up and that no one is perfect. I need guidance and support from people who have gone through things that I'm going through right now. I need to know that even you, a fun, godly, energetic Christian body, have gone through hard times too and that I'm not the only one. I need to know that I have a place in this diverse church body with every individual, uh, um, every individual possessing unique gifts. I need to know that even though we're all different, we can support each other through our God-given strengths. This is especially true with the younger generation needing wisdom from the older generation. And I have a passage. So Romans 12, 4 through 5 says, For just as each of us has one... For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So, in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the other. As Christiana quoted one of the songs we sang today, Austin French talks about asking questions, and the why questions. Why do we go through hard times? Why do we lose people? Why is it so hard to stand the path God has given us? Why do things happen the way that they do? But today we have to think of the how. How can the church help the youth during and after this time of transition? How do we support each other in the ways needed? Sarah and Josh Carter, Mr. Quinn, Mrs. Causey, all the people who have led and hosted middle school and high school Bible study, Sunday school leaders and parents have been very helpful, and it's been encouraging to learn from them. Recently, a lot of new and different people have stepped up to lead the youth, and it has been so fun to get to know and learn from them. There are so many different ways to help and interact with us during and after this time of transition. So, I leave you here today with a question, how can I help? How can we help each other grow in our walks with the Lord? How can I step up and lead the youth of the church, especially in the years to come when there's a huge, huge flood of kids coming in? Thank you.